0: It's all good. Very good. Let's give Tommy a great hand. Good job, Tommy. All right. Today, I want to talk to you about being born into God's purpose. Say that. Being born into God's purpose. Let me begin by telling you a true story. When I first, Denise and I first came to America, way back in the day, we inherited a church and it was a young family church but there were no young people there i asked them where they were and nobody knew and i said is anybody reaching out to the next generation and they said we don't know so denise and i began a young work we began a small group of course we were had our adult groups and we were caring for the adults but also on the side we began a small group for college-age kids. After some time, that grew to about 50 to 60 people. And then we moved it, and God spoke to us to move it to San Luis Obispo. At that time, we were in five cities. We began, we had a morning service, and we started an evening service. It was small, but it eventually grew to around about 500. Okay, so the morning service stayed at about 100 But the evening grew to about 500, maybe even more, young adults that were revolving around that service. It was exciting. There was nothing else around at the time. No churches were reaching young people. Nobody had a vision for the next generation to reinforce the church with young leaders and young disciples. After a while, something began to bother me, though, about that group, about the whole group. I began to sense that it was really just mostly a crowd. You know, I sensed that they were coming, they were having fun. We were doing a lot of exciting things. Presence of God was very strong. We would see the gifts of the Spirit functioning. We would see a lot of power. People would come forward all the time, be impacted by God, but we began to see the same people with the same problems, coming forward for the same things all the time. We realized that, you know, not a lot of things were were really being achieved. We weren't really changing. People were coming even from other churches because it was exciting. Our worship was great. It was awesome. But there there was something about the depth of that group that began to bother our hearts. At that time, God began to speak to us about raising disciples, raising leaders, really seeing people change at a next level, seeing their characters forming in Christ. You know, a lot of people can go to church and never change, right? You know that, right? I know that doesn't apply to you, but uh, you can go to church and have the same problems over and over, year after year, and never overcome, never conquer, and never see territory ever really taken in your life. But that began to bother me, and I was like, you know, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I can't pastor a crowd, you know, because sometimes we just come to church for the bread, you know. People follow Jesus for the bread that he kept giving them and and not for the kingdom of God in their life. And so we began to... go after a discipleship philosophy and a style and a a DNA in our church. And what we began to see is people began to leave the church. You'd think young people, excited, noisy, full of everything, when we began to challenge them with the real gospel, when we began to challenge young families and young people about really changing their life and serving God and laying their life down for the purpose of God, we began to see people make a choice. No longer was our church that exciting. Uh, You know, they kind of faded off. Some of the leaders at the time didn't want to serve the Lord anymore. They want to be part of it. And actually, when we look back today and we look at some of their lives, a lot of their marriages, they're not together. A lot of them are not following the Lord or even going to church anymore. They made a decision back then that they wanted to be entertained on a Sunday. They wanted to have a good time. They wanted us to just tell them how much God could do for them. But when we asked them what you can do for God, they decided, They didn't want to be at church anymore. And so I want to talk to you today a little bit about what do you want for your life and the benefits of what it's like to give your life to Jesus. Many people uh, are born again or they believe us in Christ. They go to church all their life. But they're not really in Christ. They're not really in the things of, of God. And I want to just talk about that because what we sensed with all those people, those young people in those days, is that so many arguments. They had such a poverty spirit, a mentality that it just, they sabotaged their life. They sabotaged everything. You know, God wants to give us so much. He's got so much for you and I. But he does require something, too, you know. It's a two-way relationship. And, of course, the world we live in, it's set up so much that we just get everything. We want everything. We're entitled to everything. And we give nothing. And we bring that to the Lord. And, you know, there's not many churches where pastors dare to call their people into serving God. Because they know when you're challenged, you don't like it, so you leave, (laughs) right? And so we're going to talk about that a little bit if you're okay with that. Otherwise, we're never going to see the next generation saved, right? And I want to just start by reading a scripture in John chapter 3, where Jesus talks about this. In John chapter 3, verse 3, a very famous verse, everybody thinks and believes they really understand this verse, but it's very, very big. And it begins like this. Jesus replied in verse three, John chapter three, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. In verse five, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and of the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh and the spirit gives birth Birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Now, this is huge. Most believers just apply this to salvation. They think, oh, if I'm born again, if my Spirit is born again, basically, Jesus is saying, As a human being, you cannot be saved in your own ability. But if the Spirit of God comes into you and takes your dead spirit, your spirit that's separated, and a miracle of regeneration and renewal happens in you, you can become alive in God. You can become brand new. You can become a totally new creation. And now you are alive to God. And you are now saved. But there's a lot more to this verse. So you can be born into the kingdom. You can be born into salvation. But there's a lot more involved in being born into the kingdom. Jesus says no one can see the kingdom. What is the kingdom? No one can see and understand and perceive the authority, power, and blessings, and rule of God unless something changes in their life. So there are things that we long to see, and goes on in verse 5, it says, no one can enter the kingdom of God. There are things that so many believers are unable to enter, unable to see, because they have so many arguments in their life. God begins by saving you. Yes, you give your heart, I'm born again, my spirit is saved. Now he says, let's move into all that the kingdom, power, and authority and rule of God has now got for you. You were once in the kingdom of darkness, and you understood what that was like. It was hell, there was a curse, there was sickness and disease demonic authority over your life. But as you move into the rule and realm and reign of God, there's now a new world, a new order, a completely different life that I'm calling you into and exposing you to and allowing you to experience. But believers can hinder themselves and not enter. So God is saying to you, I have all this stuff for you, but there's a cost involved. There's a price involved. And I'm calling you into it, right? And here's the thing. Let's look at verse 8. He says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. So he's speaking about the Spirit. He's saying the Holy Spirit moves and does what he wants to do whenever he wants to. He goes where he wants and he does what he wants. He leads how he wants. He is the Lord. And it goes on to say, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. In other words, people who are truly born again, who are filled with the Spirit, move according to the Spirit. And as you do, you see and you enter into the kingdom realm where the blessings of God are and all the things and all the power and authority of God is. But we have to bow the knee, we have to yield. It says, where the wind blows, wherever it wishes. And when we called our young people way back in the day to follow after God and allow God to have his way in their lives, they said no. You see, we can worship the Lord and the Lord can say, lay down your life for me. And you can say, no. I want all your time. No. I want all of your money. No, 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 no. I want your talent. I want your skill. I want your heart. I want your obedience. No, 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 no. You see, there are many of you here today that are not born into the vision of God. You've never been born into obedience, which is part of the kingdom. You've never been born into the light completely because you wish to remain in the darkness. You've never been born into laying your life down. You've never been born into fruitfulness. Some of you have never been born into faith, which is the language of the kingdom, right? You choose to remain in doubt, and instead of believing the Lord, you choose fear because you have a poverty mind instead of a faith-filled mind. You're not, laying, you're not yielding completely to the authority of God. See, when you're born into a family, you belong to that family. And all that that family does, all the rules and all the, the blessings or curses on that family, you, you have to live by that and experience it. So when you're born into the kingdom, you are no longer your own anymore. And it's a really hard thing for the West to understand We don't have that mindset. We believe that we can get a hold of something and that part of it can be mine, but I can still have everything else that I want. We don't have a mindset that we once belonged to the world, but now we belong to God. Is there any way that I can keep a lot of my stuff and do whatever I want, yet also have my cake and eat it? Can I also have all the blessings of the kingdom? but also do my own thing. And God says, you're not worthy to be my disciples. There's a cost involved, right? So today I really want to talk to you about being born into the next level, the kingdom. The kingdom is God's authority. You're either under God's authority or you're under your own will. When the wind blows, when the Holy Spirit blows, when the Holy Spirit moves and speaks, wherever it pleases, are you there on your knees, yielded? A lot of people tell me, I'm going to go live in LA. I'm going to live in North Carolina. I'm I'm moving to So," And and I say, why are you doing that? Well, I found a job that's going to pay me a lot more money. I'm like, okay, why are you leaving California? Oh, it's too hard to live here. I found somewhere better to live. And I'm like saying, is the wind blowing over there? Are you a Christian? See, for non Christians, it's okay. I'm going to marry Johnny. Is the Lord all over that? Well, it doesn't matter. He's my Johnny. You know, you cannot do what you want. I hate to break it here, but you cannot do what you want. If you're a true believer, you cannot do what you want. You're no longer the Lord of your life. Now, I know if some of you are sitting here going, I don't know if I like this. You see, Jesus said, you have to drink my blood and eat my flesh. You know, Jesus never had a megachurch. He, he had crowds, but he always brought, whittled them down. He had a multitude after feeding them, right? Multitude, thousands. And then he said, unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, in other words, become absolutely one and I'm in charge, you're not worthy to be my disciples. It said that everybody left. Everybody left except the 12. And he said to them, what are you doing here? And they said, where can we go? you have the words of eternal life we don't understand but when you speak jesus something happens in our life that releases life that nothing else does but the rest of the multitude said we're not doing that we have our own life and you know tommy stands up and he says the lord desires your money and you go i got a dollar I'm going to tell you something. It says in the Bible, don't tell people what you do in secret because you'll lose your blessing. But for your sakes, I'm willing to lose this blessing." Denise and I received an inheritance when we were younger of 100,000 dollars from her mother who died. Our church needed money, and Denise and I thought, why don't we give a couple of thousand. We got a hundred. And the Lord spoke to me privately and said, Give a hundred. Dollars? Thousand. I'm like, I'm not rich. That's for my house. So I went, I won't say anything. If Denise says something, it must be Jesus. <laughs> Denise, what do you think? She went, You'll never believe it. I went, Yes, I do. She said, I think the Lord wants to give us a give a $100,000. I said, to a church? For a building? Well, we gave $100,000, and we had nothing. Because it is not my money. So we gave 100000 and we said, okay, now we're broke. But then God said at some other time, don't worry, I'm going to make you have money. I didn't do it for that. In fact, that was the last thing on my mind. All I was thinking about is now I'm broke. But God has taken care of Denise and I. We're very okay. My point is we were born into generosity that day. That day we were born into yielding everything to Jesus and trusting him. We've done it a few times after, but don't worry about it. And before, but not quite at that level. But, hey, anyways, my point is is that some of you, you, God wants to birth you. Sometimes babies are breach, you know. They don't like being born. You have to cut them open to get get that baby out of there. Let's hope you don't need a (laughs) C-section to get you born into God's purposes. What's it going to take for you to trust God with your life? Why? What is it you're holding back? You know, I talk to some people. They're into pornography. They're into sexual adultery. They're into all kinds of things. And I say to them, what is it you're trying to hold back that's so good about your life that you can't give that up for Jesus? I mean, tell me what is so incredible about your life that you have to keep it there, that if Jesus took it, your life wouldn't be so good. Tell me, I mean it's like if you're a billionaire, I understand you might be hanging on to that stuff. So you're like, I don't want Jesus in my life. He might want my money. I understand that, but for most of us, we we don't have anything. Think about your life but yet we hold on to it, you know. It's mine. And Jesus is saying, you cannot enter. You cannot see because you have a poverty mind. You, are, you have arguments. I don't know if God really wants me to do that. Isn't that what the pastor's meant to do? That's an argument. I think God wants me to do this, not that. That's an argument. I don't have the talent to to run a small group. That's an argument. That's bargaining with God, right? So let's look at another scripture because, you know, God's calling us. There's a calling on his people. We're just going to talk about the pure gospel today. Is that okay? Okay. You know, no sort of hype, you know, if you do this, God's going to tickle you under the chin. And if you give a dollar, God will give you a thousand. You know, I'm not going to do that, okay? So, Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Just for the pure love of God, we give. I didn't give God that money because I thought he was going to give me anything back. Okay, Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Are some of you uncomfortable? And it says this about us and in heaven. This is about heaven. They're in heaven. The angels are singing. And they sang a new song saying about Jesus. They pointed at Jesus and said, Jesus, you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain and crucified. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Here's your purpose. Here's the vision. Here's the calling that God is birthing you into. Jesus, by his blood, has purchased you. When you buy something, you own that thing legally spiritually in the heavenlies whether we agree with it or not whether we like it or not Jesus has purchased you he owns you before the father with his life blood he purchased you okay so that's it you're like change in his pocket and he can spend you any way he wants right okay that's the truth Okay, so with his blood he purchased you from every tribe. In verse 10, you have made them to be a kingdom, and in some translations, kings. You've made them to be kings and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. Your calling is that God has called you to reign, to rule with him, and you're called to be a kingdom of kings, the church, and priests to serve our God. You know, that's the purpose. You are called to be a priest. What do priests do? They dedicate their lives to the service of the king. And one of the things that God's taught us is to become a priestly family the heart of the vision and purpose of God for your life is that you become a priestly family. In other words, everyone in your family to become priests. And I know this is an interesting argument. You see, because we have arguments. Well, my children, I don't know if I can bring my children to church because they don't want to come. They're not the problem, I'm afraid. I'm afraid, parents, you are. Because you're enabling them. You become an enabler. My children, there was never a negotiation whether they wanted to or liked it or they had to come to church. If they wanted to eat, they had to come to church. If they wanted food, if they wanted clothes, they had to come and bow the knee to Jesus. Okay? Whether it was in their heart or not, until you're outside of my house, you come to church okay? That's how we are as a family. We don't negotiate that. When they try and negotiate, I don't want to go to school. Do you say the same? Okay, you don't have to go to school. I don't want to clean my room. Okay, you don't have to clean your room. I want to be rude to my parents. Okay, you can be rude to your mom. You know, I want to swear. I want to beat people. I want to kill people while I live in your house. Okay, you just go ahead and do that. It's so funny when it comes to the Lord, we say, well, I don't want to put it on them. You know, I want them to grow up and have their own minds. I'm like, no, they don't have a mind when they're 13, 14. You're forming their minds. You're helping shape their minds. You're a guardian to them. Okay? You're like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit fills you and leads you and keeps you in the right path. parents. You are called to be a priestly family. Denise and I decided we were going to raise our kids to be fruitful and become disciples and become leaders and priests and a king for Jesus Christ. So we did that. We fought, was it easy? No. Our teenager, Luke, wanted, he went off around America touring with a band of crazy people. None of them are following the Lord right now except him, because we had put something in him. And we were faithful to it. We kept him to it. And one day he called us and he said, we're playing at this famous jazz club in LA. And God spoke to me, I need to come home. He turned to the band afterwards. He said, I'm resigning. They were on target for big, big success. When he left the band... The whole band collapsed. But he came home. He became a youth pastor under us, a college pastor, and now he's a senior pastor with his wife and his children. They're serving the Lord. they're planting a church in Los Angeles, because we said we will raise him to be a priestly man and have a priestly family. We did the same with our daughter, Gabrielle. She was harder. She was a little girl who had a dream. She was raised in a Christian family, but in her heart, she still she was like part of the crowd. She was there doing things, but in her heart, she was like, when I'm 18, I'm out of here. I'm going to go to San Diego. I'm going to build my little life. I'm going to have an amazing time, and I might worship the Lord a little bit. Because of this vision, because of the vision, because Denise and I came into, we were born into the vision of God, the vision that God has for our family, God has a vision for your family to save your family, to raise your family, to make them disciples, to raise them up to be salt and light of the earth. Because we, because we were born into this, we understood it, we understand it was part of the rule and reign and the kingdom of God. We were birthed into that. It became who we were, who we are. It wasn't just a good idea. It became part of us. And we went after our daughter. We said, no, we went after her. We, we, we went after her. It was tough. There were moments. There were make or break moments with my daughter. But she eventually sat on the bed one day crying her heart out with me. And I said, what is it about you not following Jesus like with all your heart? And she said, because I'm afraid. I said, what are you afraid of? I think if, I've seen what Jesus has done to you and mom. I said, what has he done? He said, he took everything from you. He didn't let you have your life. He didn't let you do everything. You became his. I said, so you got dreams? She said, yes. I got stuff I want to do. I said, are they amazing dreams? Yes. I said, well, put your hands out. And I said, look. In your hands are your dreams. Are you willing to give your dreams to Jesus and lay them down that he may have bigger, better, and more amazing dreams than you could ever dream or imagine? Well, she cried her heart out. I left her on that bed for two hours. When I came back, she said, I'm done. I've given my life, my dreams, and my whole heart Jesus and now she's a pastor (laughs) bless her heart okay I'm not saying you have to become a pastor but you got to become a Christian what are your arguments oh I sin so bad I can't serve God anymore that's poverty mind I'm so guilty. You should see my week. I have a bad hair day every night. I'm really, I can't come to church. I can't serve the Lord. Listen, you don't know Jesus then. You don't know his love. You don't know his grace, his mercy. I'm busy. I don't have money. I can't give God money. I don't have, Terry, you had money to give God. Denise and I give money every day of our life. It's not about me. You see, we come to Jesus all about me. It's all about me, my life, my blessing. What have you got for me, for me? It's not about you. Yes, you're going to get saved. Yes, you'll get healed. Yes, you'll get delivered. Yes, you'll be blessed. Yes, there'll be favor on you. But it's all so we can worship and thank God and be about him. All that he does in us, we worship him back with it. It's all about him. And you, the reason the presence of God is not in your life is because it's, your life is all about your life. It's not about the Lord. You, it's all about you. And when you lift up Jesus and you honor Jesus and you worship Jesus, you bow down before him, you say, whatever, my life is my offering He says, now you have my presence, my anointing, my blessing, my favor. But it's so hard for an American. It's so hard for us to think, understand that if I give everything and have nothing, he'll bless me. It's just so hard. But it's the kingdom. In 1 Samuel 12, 24... Samuel says to the people, the people of God, but be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Be sure to fear the Lord. <laughs> I love it. And serve him. You know, do you serve the Lord? You say, yeah, I'm, I, I greet people, That's not serving the Lord. Not really. I mean, think about it. I play the guitar. Okay. To fear God and to serve the Lord faithfully with all your heart is to give your whole heart, your whole life, everything. Everything about you. It's for him to become the first in the agenda, not the last in the agenda. For many, we, we try and our schedules are not full of the Lord. They're full of everything. We have so many arguments. I don't have time. I have family. Look, scripture teaches that your family is not the most important thing in the world. And that, for a Westerner, is very difficult. I know I have a family. Your family is not first. The Lord does clearly say, you know, if, unless you hate your father, not literally, but he means, unless you hate your father, your mother, your children, if you, if you place them higher than me, he says, you're not worthy to be mine. Oh, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me just go back and take care of a few things. No, families, you have to figure it out. How to serve the Lord with all your heart and serve your family as unto the Lord. But we have arguments. I can't come to church. I can't go to self. Why? I have a cousin coming to town. So you worship your cousin before the Lord. I have a job at McDonald's on Sunday. Well, you worship that more than the Lord. but but pastor, I need money, yeah. But you know, there are thousands of jobs out there if you just look a little harder that don't happen on the day that you're meant to be serving the Lord. You have the choice. But you've made a choice and now you have an argument. I can't serve the Lord. I can't be here. I can't do this. So God Now you want God, come and show up in my life. And he's like, no, because you're too busy. I don't have access to you. You're not born into the purposes of God. You're born into your life. Pastor, this is a very high price you're asking. I'm not asking it, actually. I'm just reading the Word of God. I'm just explaining what Jesus said. The life of the kingdom, right? In John chapter 15, verse 13. The heart of John chapter 15. He says, greater love is no one this than to lay down one's life for his friends. To lay down your life for who? I thought I'm laying my life down for myself. Why must my life be about everybody else? Because it's one of the greatest commandments, right? Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, soul. Worship him. Lay your life down for him. And the second commandment is like it. Love your neighbor. Love your as yourself. In other words, you know how much you love yourself? You know how much you'd be willing to lay your life down for yourself? Would you be willing to do that? He said, that's the measure of the kingdom. If you're mine, Jesus says, if you're mine, I laid my life down. I laid my life down. Walk with me. Drink the same cup as me. Lay your life down for your friend. We're like, uh, when did we last invite a friend to church? I called him some time ago. I texted him. ain't laying your life down for texting. You got to go knock on his door, open the door, pull him out, do something, whatever. We all got to lay our lives down. I don't want to disciple anyone, pastor. That's your job. i pay you for that. No. I'm going to teach you that you're called to lay your life down. But I'm so busy. That's an argument. When you stand before the Lord and he said, why didn't you serve me? I was busy. He's going to say, I never knew you. (laughs) It's a fact. I never knew you. Well, Lord, I did do a few things for you. I prayed for a few demons to come out of people. I prayed for a few sick people. But I never knew you. Depart from me. You know, we can be a crowd. We think our salvation is just like hippity-doo, click, click, yeah, sure, Jesus. Look, in a relationship, there's a requirement. Love demands a response. Jesus' love demands your response affection you've got to lay down your life I mean you know we're, we're called to disciple people we're called to lead people we're called to care for people we're not just called to come to church listen go home go to church listen come home don't want to go to church look at YouTube go home watch the game while I'm in church check up make sure my team's doing okay Come on. I I mean, you know, I'm just trying to be honest with you. The church in America, this is hard. Meat. This is meat. This is not milk. This is meat. We can have sweet mama's milk all the time and get chubby and fat. Or we can grow up and eat meat eat meat, eat the word, become obedient, be born into, be, into obedience. Some of you are not born, you haven't been birthed into obedience. You're still going over the same sins over and over and over. And it's not because you need delivering from demons. It's because you are in agreement with sin. Because you haven't learned to walk with the Holy Spirit and to be trained in righteousness to know what is good and evil because you haven't yielded and, and put to death the things of the flesh of certain things. And, you know, worshiping your money and being afraid to give it to God is a fleshly thing. Oh, well, I'm single. I'm, 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 I don't have money. Uh, nobody can take care of me. Well, you're basically saying God isn't big enough to take care of you. You see, that is something you need to be born into, trust. Well, you know, I'm a depressed person. Why? Not everything's demonic, you know. Not everything's clinical. I'm clinically depressed. I have, you know, chemical imbalance. Not everything's, depression's not all from that. Sometimes we're depressed because we live there. We're anxious because we live there. It's a choice. It's our happy hour. It's our happy place. We choose there. We curl up in bed. We stay there because it's our sanctuary. We live in certain sins because it's our false comfort instead of going to God because we're not born into intimacy. There's certain things that you need to be born into. And, you you know, I talk to people and they look at me like, Pastor, don't be be talking to me about this. You don't have a right. We're American. We have rights. You don't have a right. Well, I'm just telling you what God says. and, And your arguments are with the Lord. You're not with me. Not with mercy. This is not mercy's vision. This is God's vision. Some of you have not been born into the vision of Jesus. Jesus has a vision, a purpose. And we're like, whatever. That's your job. That's his job. I don't, I'm exempt. No, Jesus has a vision for your life. I'm just going to read a couple of more scriptures and then we'll be done. Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must what? Deny themselves. That's pretty intense. And take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What a parent. What an interesting thing. What good will it be for you to gain the whole world yet lose your life? Well, what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Verse 27, for the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they've done. Believe it or not, God is going to reward people for how much they've yielded and been willing to serve. Jesus said, I've not come to be served, but to serve have that same heart and that attitude in you that your life is poured out for others. But when we call people, hey, would you go on training? Why do I want to go on training? So you can learn to be the salt and light of this earth so that you can grow up and become influential and impact your world and save some people, care for them and train them and disciple them and love them and they're like, whatever. And they don't want to go to church. Because there's something required of you. See, Jesus required of the rich young ruler. He said, I'm a good guy. I go to church. I want to follow you, Lord. What have I got to do? i go to church. I think I'm good. I do this. I do that. He said, yeah, but there's one thing you have a problem with. You worship your money, and it's become your God. And he said, you want me to prove it? Go and give everything you have away to the poor. Then come and follow me. The young guy couldn't handle it. He said, no, I'm going to leave church. He said, Jesus has asked me to give everything that I worship to him and make him my focus. Oh, I can't do that. So he was, had a religious spirit. He was living religion, not real Christianity. So he forfeited becoming part of the team of Jesus Christ. We could have been excited about it, but now we use him as an example of someone who missed it. For the rest of eternity, we're going to talk about that guy who chose to worship his money instead of Jesus. Don't be that guy. So the the thing is, is the, the, the principle is if you're willing to lose your life, God will bless your life. If you're willing to lose your finances to God, he will financially bless you. If you're willing to give your time, God will give you his time. If you're willing to give up all that you are, God will give you all that he is. But do you believe it? If you believed it, You would do it. But because you have arguments, excuses, reasons, poverty mind, that there that makes you have to break that. You have to break that. I know you're waiting for God to come and do it, but God's waiting for you to change your mind, to change the way you think. So in closing, I want to talk about the kingdom and the commission of God in our life so that you can be born completely under his purposes. What is the kingdom? The authority, the rule, the power of God. So coming into the kingdom means coming into and underneath and being governed, being governed by the rule and the authority of God. When you're born into the kingdom, you're born into God's purposes, you're born into God's vision, you're born into all of his authority and all that that means. And within that realm, there are many blessings, eternal life, forgiveness, healing, blessings. But up outside of the rulership of God, it's you can't be forgiven, you can't be blessed, you can't have the presence You can't have all the things that God has got for you. So let's see what coming under the rule of God also looks like on a daily basis for us in closing. In Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus says, The last thing he says to you and I, so we won't forget. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority, that's the kingdom. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I am the ruler of the kingdom. Therefore, this is what the ruler of heaven and earth says to the church. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I've told you. And surely I'm with you to the end. So what is he saying? He's saying church. He's saying to his disciples, you need to go out into the world And make disciples. Not go out into the world and make singers. Not go out into the world and make dancers. Okay? Not go out into the world and make ushers or media people or guitarists or whatever. He says, what? Make disciples of all nations, okay? And he says, teach them. This is disciples making disciples. Teach those disciples to obey everything I've trained you. So if you're a disciple and Jesus says, go and get some more and teach them, your new people, to do what I've told you. And if you've told them to do what I've told you, that means they've got to tell their disciples to do what I've told them to do. That is... Teach them to obey everything I commanded you is a cycle. It's disciples making disciples. So let's stand. What did COVID do to the church? We hid in our caves. Did you do that? And Jesus is saying it's time to come out of the cave and be who you are. Be who I've called you to be. Be the salt and the light. What good is salt if it loses its saltiness? It's not good to be used. And God is calling you God is calling you to be born into his authority, to be born into his vision, his purposes. You will find your purpose in his purpose. Okay, are you willing to yield your dreams to God's dream? God, I'm here. I'm available. Are you willing to cancel your argument? I don't have money. I can't give to God. That's an argument. I can't serve God because I'm not good enough. That's an argument. I'm just a bad person, always failing. That's an argument. I sinned so bad in the past, nobody can forgive me. That's an argument. I only want God to bless me. I don't want to be used by God. That's a big argument. Now, when we preached this message in the early days, way back then, many people left. They didn't have the guts for it. They didn't have the character for it. You see, we have a decision to make. Do we want to be users of God or lovers of God? Why are you here? Do you have an argument with me? Pastor, I have an argument with you. I don't like what you just said to us. I'm sorry. Go have a talk with God. If you want to do well in the kingdom, listen to what I just said. If you want favor and blessing an increase, security. You want to come into your calling and the purposes of God. Bow down, yield, give your life to Jesus. Secure your salvation by works that accompany faith. We're not just here to eat ice cream. God wants your life, your whole heart, not just 90%. Some of you have refused to embrace the commission of God to make disciples. I don't know who he was saying that to then. Who was he saying that to? if not to you if jesus stood in front of you today and say hey johnny go and make disciples of all nations teach them train them care for them lay your life down love them devote yourself to them what would you do say i'm busy I'm not gifted. I'm shy. I don't know how to speak in front of people. I don't know the Bible. Where you are just put your hand on your heart if you wouldn't mind and have a conversation with God right now and ask God why well, how many arguments do I have? What's my argument? What's my argument? I've been invited recent, next Sunday, to preach at a church of a thousand people in Washington. I've had an argument with God for the whole three weeks that I cannot do that because I'm not good enough. Because when I look at all the list of the preachers who have been there recently, they're all world class. They have churches of 20,000. And I keep telling God he made a mistake. What's your argument? What's your excuse? Mine is, I'm not good enough. But I have to die. I have to yield. I have to walk through that. It's hard. Talk to God right now. Just say, Lord, this is my argument. Be honest. Why can't I come to Jesus? What am I worshiping? Maybe you're worshiping yourself. Self love. If you know you have some arguments to break, to come into the purposes of God, we're not going to do any miraculous thing, but it's a statement before the enemies of God, before the heavens, before angels. Just come and stand in the front, that's all. Just stand with your hand on your heart and just say, God, thank you. I stand here before you, Lord. I cancel the argument. I renounce the argument that I've put before you. I can't give to this Save a Life campaign because, well, I need the money. I can't give my service. I can't be a cell leader. I can't be a musician on the worship team. Your other hand put your hand up towards heaven if you can. And just say, "Lord, I help me. Help me, Lord. Holy Spirit, I need your help. Help me to lay my life down. Help me to love people. Love people with all my heart instead of myself, Lord." Lord, I give you today all of my arguments. I renounce the sins that I've enjoyed that have kept me apart from you. All my secret sins, Lord, I give to you. All my attitudes, my arguments, my poverty spirit, Poor, poor spirit. My mind is so poor. I give it to you, oh God, of great abundance. I choose you. I choose to lay down and fall upon you. I choose, Lord. I choose you. Take my life and use it for your glory whatever you wish. Today, some of you are making some choices that are breaking a stronghold of your life. You're being birthed, and labor is intense. You're being birthed out of your poverty into God's Freedom. And blessing. Let go. As you let go, you're being birthed. As you let go, truly, God is birthing you into a new realm, into a new dimension. Some of you have resisted being a leader. Renounce that. Say, Lord, I want to be salt, I want to be an influence. I yield to you my life to be a blessing to others. Give your heart, give your soul, give your mind. Jesus. Jesus. No more arguments. Say that to the Lord. No more arguments. No more excuses.